0: everyone hi everyone oh, we're back we're back I'm Kelly I'm Carrie, and we're Your identical, identical twins. twins all right <laughs> this is hymn talk twin, twin. talk <laughs> and we are so excited to be bringing you this week's hymn yeah all right, I mean, we are just starting our Thanksgiving season it is it's here I mean I'm seeing the corn stalks and the hay bales and the cornucopias <laughs> Well, and, you know, it sort of feels like the end of fall. I, I mean know, The, tr- the I know. Trees, are, trees are looking pretty bare. Yeah, you can tell winter's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we love Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. we've been talking about what our Thanksgiving podcasts could look like right, for months. Right, right. There's so many good Thanksgiving songs. There's, There's so many hymns that are thankful in nature. I know. We, uh, there were many, many to choose from. All right, so I have a little bit of um, Thanksgiving trivia. Okay, are you ready for our little pop quiz, Carrie? There's our pop quiz. All right, so I mean, we'll be sharing a little bit of Thanksgiving trivia throughout the um, podcast. So do you know which president declared Thanksgiving a federal holiday? A federal holiday. I think it was a uh, president far away, pr- long ago, like Abe Lincoln. You are right, Carrie, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so yes, P- President Lincoln ac- proclaimed it as a federal holiday in 1863. Cool. It was after a a pivotal army victory at Gettysburg. And he says that it's going to be November 26th, 1863. And he says it's a national day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Wow, say that ten times fast. I know. So there you go. All right, you did pretty good, Ken. Yeah, I think I read Abe Lincoln somewhere. Okay, do you have another one? Yes. So Thanksgiving is most definitely a a holiday in the United States Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of our history. Mm -hmm. But Canada also celebrates Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Do you know when Canada celebrates Thanksgiving? I feel like I saw this when it was happening. Mm -hmm. Was it like October 13th? Yes. (laughs) Ah, Wow, you are good. Yes, um... Thanksgiving in Canada is the second Monday of October, which is also a holiday for us. It's right. It's Columbus Day. I think that's why I saw it. Yes. Because I was home that day. Yes. I was looking on Twitter. Yes. Yes, I saw it. So they have a Thanksgiving very similar to ours, just on a different day. All right. So moving on. M- moving on. We are, after Thanksgiving comes very quickly, Christmas. Yeah. So you guys, we are going to move into some Advent hymns, yeah. which we love Advent hymns. And then we're going to move into Christmas carols and hymns. Right. I have people love Christmas carols, I and I think people love them so much because they only hear them for such a short right, time. Right. Well, unless you're like uh, my daughter, Ellie, she would listen to Christmas carols Aww. all year round, Yeah. all year round. Well, really, like you get all of these songs just crammed into the month of December, right. and people love them. They crave for them. Right. So you all, our listeners, are going to help us yes. decide what our Christmas episode will be mm-hmm. when it gets published on December 20th, we are looking for your input. Right. So go to our Facebook page, and there's a poll. And whichever Carol gets the most votes, that's going to be the one that we do that will be released on December 21st, just in time for Christmas. So we'll have the poll on Twitter as well. Yes. And we are looking for the most loved... Christmas hymn by our listeners. What do you love? Tell us. And then we'll totally do that. Yes. It'll be our first one that was chosen by our audience. Yep. Definitely listener generated. All seven of you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get... So we talked about Christmas. We talked about Advent. Let's get ourselves centered back onto Thanksgiving. Yes. Let's be present in this moment. Yes. Listen to... One of our favorite verses. We actually say it a lot and we sing it a lot. Mm -hmm. It should be very familiar to you. It's Psalm 107.1. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Mm. Today, hopefully, we're just going to be centered on thankfulness and you will be able to be thankful with us. And we know that we give thanks and praise to our God for he is good. All right. All right, are you ready to tell them what it is? Yes, do you want to hear the hymn? Yes, let's do it. This week's hymn on Hymn Talk Twin Talk is Count, Count Your, Your Blessings. Blessings. <laughs> Woohoo! Hopefully, we have people cheering as they're listening to the podcast. It is a great hymn. Oh my goodness, we love it. And we sing it fairly frequently at our weekly hymn sing, yes. don't we? People request it a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, so let's just get right into the words. Do you want to read them, Kelly, yes. and I'll play them? Yes. Okay. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one count your many blessings see what god has done are you ever burdened with a load of care does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear count your many blessings every doubt will fly and you will keep singing as the days go by count your blessings name them one by one count your blessings see what god hath done Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth undulled. Count your many blessings, money cannot buy your reward in heaven nor your home on high. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings. Angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. So we know this is one of those hymns that has a different lyric writer than a different composer. And it's just interesting how the composer, the man who wrote the music, his name is Excel, how he heard those words and created a tune to go with it. Right. Because just when I'm reading it, you can almost hear a different sort of tune. It could be slower. It could be more contemplative. Right. It could definitely be, you know, more worshipful and serious in its musical tone. Right. But instead, this Excel, this composer, he really chose to go this sort of uplifting Mm -hmm positive fun rhythmic right tone it definitely has a totally different feel to it yeah yeah we're going to talk about excel in a bit Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about the man who wrote the lyrics his name was oatman but first we want to just talk about this phrase carrie count count your your blessings blessings. like where did that come from Mm. it's never in the bible right you know god never says to his people count your blessings it's funny because I mean count your blessings the phrase. I mean it's a very common expression. And I think most people know what exactly it means. What, you it know, means. what it means. It was a song by Irving Berlin, Count Your Blessings instead of sheep. It right. was a movie in nineteen fifty-nine <gasps> oh. with Deborah Carr. Yep. Or is it Deborah Kerr? Deborah Kerr. 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 Car. Kerr. Debra Carr. Kerr. Deborah Carr. It was a movie in nineteen 19- I mean, people know. K-E-R-R. It's like the first half of your name, so I know. it's Kerr. care. Actually, Kelly usually calls me Kerr. 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 It's like K-E-H. When my husband first heard you call me that, he was like, do you mind that she calls you that? <laughs> really? Yeah, he thought it was Keh. like, don't you call me Kerr? I call you Kel. Do you? Yeah. Kel. Kerr. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so people know this expression. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how how far you went back, Kelly, to find it. I did go back far. Okay. I did go back far. So, uh, so when I looked it up, a, a bunch of people said that Shakespeare used it in Romeo and Juliet. Okay. And you know, I went to Romeo and Juliet. I found it online. I even found a bunch of notes about it. I mean, he doesn't say the words count your blessings. He Mm -hmm. doesn't. Mm -hmm. But Friar Lawrence, this is in Act 3, Scene 3. Friar Lawrence. Of of Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Yeah. This is Act 3, Scene 3 of Romeo and Juliet. I mean, written in 1595. So many years ago. Yeah. And way before even. Way before these Johnson Oatman wrote it. Well before. 300 years before. Uh, So Friar Lawrence is having this conversation with with Romeo. Romeo is very upset. Tybalt (laughs) tried to kill him, but then he killed Tybalt instead. And he's... I can see why he'd be upset. Yeah, and he was just feeling like he had nothing in the world to live for. And Friar Lawrence gives him, like, a little bit of pep talk, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. Because he says, listen, you still have Juliet, you still have your life, you still have your honor. Um, And at the end, he says, what? Rouse thee, man. Thy Juliet is alive. For whose dear sake thou wast but lately dead, there art thou happy. Tybalt would kill thee, but thou slewest Tybalt. There art thou happy? The law that threatened death becomes thy friend and turns it to exile. There art thou happy. A pack of blessings light upon thy back. Happiness courts thee in her best array. So, Friar Lawrence is saying, look, you still have all these things right. to be thankful for. You still have all these things to be happy for. Right. And he uses the word blessings. Yeah. He's naming the blessings, yeah. telling him to note right. them and remember them. Right. So, so I mean, that's Loosely, they, loosely yeah. connected. But then I did find something way more tightly connected. Okay, okay. And this was in 1878. So, actually, just... 12 years before, 10 or 12 years before, Oatman wrote Count Your Blessings. Okay. And this was a sonnet. So again, we have Shakespearean sonnets, right. but this was not Shakespearean. And it was by John Charles Earle. Now, you know, you uh, um, a sonnet is a poem of 14 lines Using any number of rhyme schemes, mm-hmm. but it typically has 10 syllables per line. So this sonnet has 14 lines, and so I'm not going to read all of the lines. But, oh, but we'll put it on our social yeah, media. Yeah, we'll put it on your yep. social media. But it does say, while thus I mused, heartbroken in the air, I heard a voice cry, count thy blessings count. Aww. And I, in great, alarmed, began to bless and rise superior to all abject prayer. Nor has my hymn of praise since then grown less, for oh how high those mounts of blessings mount. So that's, I mean, that's really clear. That's really clear. It's someone who's heartbroken. It's someone mm-hmm. who's sad. Mm-hmm. And then the in, the advice is to count your blessings right. and it makes you feel better. And he continues with hymns of praise like unceasing yes. because there are always, always blessings mm. to be thankful for. So that's great. So we don't know if there's like this real direct connection between the hymn and between that poem. But It was around the tam- same time frame. So I would say that they definitely knew about it. Yeah. You know? So this count your blessings yes. um is really considered like an idiom today. Okay. An idiom in English language. Now when in, even when I'm teaching, we have students who don't speak English and the idea of teaching them about idioms, I mean it's so important because they hear things that kids and teachers just say in conversation and they really have no idea what it means. What's an example of another idiom? Like it's raining cats and dogs. Oh yes. You know, yep. Glass half full. Yeah. I mean, it's just you a know, phrase. It's a phrase, but it's also this idea of, like, figurative language. Like, what are you really saying? Because you're not saying what the words that are coming out of your mouth, right. you know? Right. And people who are learning English don't understand that. So anyway, so when you're teaching... People who who don't speak English, you want to talk to them about idioms and expressions. They want to understand the expressions that sort of, you know, everybody in America knows. So this is almost like that. You have to explain to them you're not literally talking about counting your blessings. Although we could. Well, so the idiom is really just about being thankful. So in general conversation, explaining the idiom, we would just say, oh, it's about being thankful. Right, right. But more specifically, it actually is counting your blessings. And, you know, and we can even be very specific. It is literally counting blessings. It is said that there is an ancient Hebrew tradition that one should try to receive 100 blessings a day. Mm. And this came from a rabbi. He said at the end of the day, you would literally count your blessings to see if you can find a hundred of them by the end of the day. And it's not just like grace after the meal, like a blessing after the meal. You want to find blessings in everything you do. Even like going to the bathroom, you could say that you're thankful that your body is working correctly. You want (laughs) to find a hundred blessings. Well, if you're going to be that specific, I think it would be very easy to find a hundred. I know. The idea is to focus as much as possible on all the things that are going Mm -hmm. right in your life. And when you do that, you will find that you are a happier person. Right. Well, that sounds like really nice advice that could Mm -hmm. be given to anybody. Anybody. It's not about God. Mm -hmm. It's not about your faith. It's not about your spiritual walk. Mm -hmm. But that really isn't what Oatman was thinking about when he wrote this. I mean, from everything we've read, it wasn't just this trite piece of advice to people, count your blessings. Mm -hmm. What he really meant, what what I could see, is that, the, that when you are tempest-tossed, when you are burdened with a load of care, you should bring your concerns to God in mm-hmm, prayer. Mm-hmm. That you would rely on God when things weren't going well and when things were going well and this i feel like this comes right from the bible, what does
1: the bible say? <laughs>
0: so in the book of james chapter 1 verses 2 to 4 we read count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds mm-hmm. for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. So in here in James, we're seeing like whatever bad is going on in mm-hmm. your life, you should you should still be thankful for it. Count it as joy. Right. Because it's building you up and right. it's making you stronger in your faith and I faithful. Feel, I feel like that's the blessings. Mm. That has to be the bless, part of the blessings that mm. he's talking about. Yeah. The storms in your life, you can still count it as joy. Right. All right, so we're talking about being thankful. How about another piece of Thanksgiving trivia, Carrie? Oh, okay, okay, go ahead. Okay, so a little bit... Where's our pop quiz? (laughs) Nice. You have to tell me, Carrie, Mm -hmm. what utensil did not appear at the first Thanksgiving. At the first Thanksgiving? When you think of a knife, a fork, a spoon. Okay, just those three. One of them was not there. Yeah. All right, um... Well, I'm sure they ate with their hands. (laughs) They did. I was going to say fingers, but they have to have their fingers. Right, right, right. Of course they ate with their fingers. Okay, so I would say I, I feel like the fork came later. You are correct, oh. Carrie. The fork was introduced 10 years later okay. by Governor Winthrop of Massachusetts. Oh, yes. He, he just felt he like he discovered, he created the fork. He did not create it, did but he? But I'll tell you, it was introduced. But I'll tell you, it really still didn't catch on. It didn't catch on until the 18th century. Mm-hmm. So, like, another couple of hundred years go by before we're actually using forks. Right. To People eat. are like, uh, hands are much easier. Hands are easier. And we, we can clean them much easier, too. Yeah. But <laughs> spoons, I mean, you Spoon, can't do yeah. anything. You with can do anything with your hands if yes. it's soup. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> all right. So back to Oatman, you guys. Okay. I thought that it was really interesting that he himself talked about the concept of bringing things to God in prayer. Mm. You know, because there's another hymn that we have that talks about bringing things to God in prayer. And, Kelly, it's one of our favorites. It's I one mean, of we our favorites. To, we say that all the time. I but know. we have to do this hymn yeah. on one of our, our, our podcasts. Yeah. So, I mean— Bring to God in prayer. Right. That is, of course, What What a Friend friend We Have in Jesus. Jesus. And so What a Friend We Have in Jesus was written about 20 years before Mm -hmm. Um, Count Your Blessings. And I just have to imagine that... Um, Johnson Oatman as a child would have sung What Mm. a Friend We Have in Jesus along with his father right so now a little bit of information about him and his family Johnson Oatman was born April 21st 1856 in Lumberton New Jersey Mm. much of his career was spent right there in New Jersey and of course he's a junior Johnson Oatman Jr he was named after his dad yep and they said I read that his dad was considered the best singer in town (laughs) I mean, that's high praise. That's high praise. Lumberton probably had many, many good singers. And Johnson Oatman <laughs> Sr. was the best. That's so awesome. And you know what else is so interesting is that um, all of the men that we're talking about, the mm-hmm. composer, the lyricist, mm-hmm. they all lived through the century. They all lived yes. from 1899 to 1899 to 1900 and how it was exactly 100 years ago right Uh, how cool is that i'm sure they had a big party big big century party (laughs) on december 31st (laughs) so he was born 1856 he died in 1922 Mm -hmm. his parents were johnson and rachel oatman his father was a very successful businessman and for a while johnson did work with his dad in their mercantile um, but then he just—he got the call to ministry and he decided to um, be a, a reverend and he ended up being involved in a Methodist Episcopal church for years.
1: But yeah.
0: unfortunately, we've read from many sources, many sources that tell us he wasn't particularly gifted in terms of being a musician or being a pastor no yeah he never ever served a church fully right. he did lots of like filling in right he did he preached from time to time but he never actually got to lead a church and i feel like Maybe he struggled a little bit with what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. The father, following the footsteps of his father. He feels like he's getting the call to minister to people. But he yet ends, not getting hired to right. be anything. He ends up um, working in an insurance company. Yep. Yep. But finally, at the age of 36, yep. uh, he... Finds his purpose, don't you think? Yes, yes. Well, he, what I read was that he longed to be a soul winner for the Lord. Right. Like his heart was in the right place. His heart was in the right place, but it wasn't happening being a pastor or being a singer. But it's, it happens. Yep. It happens because he turns to his pen and paper. Mm-hmm. He writes these amazing God-inspired words, and that's how he's winning Souls for Christ. So he was 36 years old, Mm -hmm. you guys, when he found out he had this gift. So for his his adult life up until then, he was doing a little bit of everything, but not really feeling his purpose. And then all of a sudden, he figures out that he can write hymns, and he just went to town writing hymns. Oh, yeah. He wrote I mean, so many. So many more when, than we've had in the past. Right. When we talk about really prolific hymn writers, I mean, yes, of course, Fanny Crosby, yes. like probably nobody can surpass that, but I mean, he is right up there, 5,000. What did you read? Five. He's 000? over 5,000 hymns. Over 5,000. It says that he averaged 200 hymns a year. Wow. I mean, that's like four a week, I I, guess. I mean, four hymns a week. Who can do that? Yeah. So I read that in 1894, at the age of 38, this is when sort of his hymn writing career really, really took off. Okay. Two years of writing hymns here. He wrote the song, When the Ships Come Sailing Home, which I had never heard of before. No. And it's definitely a hymn. It's not like a... It's definitely a hymn. (laughs) But I, we're laughing because we're not really sure what it's about. No, just kidding. <laughs> so the hymn is called When Our Ships Come Sailing Home. He wrote the words, a man by the name of Sweeney did the music for it. Now, it was sort of sung and premiered at this Ocean Grove... Camp Meeting Association. So this is in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. It's still there. It's called God's Square Mile at the Jersey Shore. Oh, my gosh. I want to go there. I want to go there. Actually, they're saying that they have a women's retreat in February. Really? Live? Yeah. Could we go? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've always wanted to go to Ocean, the Jersey Shore. Me, too. I've always said said that. Me, too. I feel like it's so beautiful. Like, we have beautiful beaches here in Massachusetts and in New Hampshire. But I don't know. Everybody talks about the New Jersey beaches as being spectacular. So anyway, so he, so the the song is sung during one of these camp meetings in Ocean Grove, this ship sailing home. When our ships come <laughs> sailing home. And the source I have says that the people there went wild over it. Oh, they loved it. Wow. All right, do you want to hear it? Sure. When our ships have crossed the ocean and been all around the world, when they safely gain the haven and their sails again are furled, we rejoice to see them enter and to know the anchor's cast, raising (laughs) joyful shouts of welcome, for our ships are home at last. So it's these ships coming home. Like, not 100% sure what they're talking about. Do they they mean going to heaven? Well, first of all, they are on the Jersey Shore, so I think they're by the ocean. There's definitely this this theme for them. They probably loved it. And basically, it says Jesus is our captain. Okay. So um, because he's our captain, we expect to get to that shore. So I think the shore is heaven. (laughs) And the angels, in the fourth verse, it says the angels will be there to greet us. And they will sing in songs of rapture, Welcome home, oh, welcome home. But it's all of these eighth notes. There's very little room to breathe. Right, I mean, right, I really yeah. had to, like, struggle yeah. when I was singing it. I just think that they loved it. They I thought it was it. fun. it. Uh, they had the association with the ocean. And they. it just reminded them of what it would be like to finally get to, to heaven. Home. Yeah, to finally get home. And this is the song that sort of propelled... Johnson Oatman into this, I don't know, being a household name or a churchhold name. Well, that's so funny because that hymn isn't even sung anymore. No. I mean, I have never, never heard, heard it. it. Yeah. So the one hymn that kind of makes him famous is right. the hymn that we don't remember. Right. But he wrote 5,000. So he there's going 5, to be plenty that we don't yeah. remember. And his gravestone says, Oh. Author of several Christian hymns, including Count Your Blessings, He Included Me, No Not One, and Higher Ground. Oh. Those four hymns must be his most popular. Most popular. And his for, most well-known. Yeah. And in our church, we what hymnal do we use? We use the worship hymnal. The worship hymnal. And those four are in there. Are totally in our hymnal. So we have four of his hymns in our church hymnal. And which of the hymns do we actually sing? We sing Count Your Blessings. Definitely. We sing No Not One. We in fact, do sing we have, No Not One. We have a great, like, arrangement for kids. Yep. Like, it came out with VBS mm-hmm. one year, and it was so cute. Higher Ground, we don't sing that often, but it is definitely in there. Yeah. And he included me is hymn number 630. It is at the very end of our hymnal. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, let's just throw it in at the end. So I don't can, know. Yeah, we can have more. We, we need one more. Um, But it's it's in there. It's in there. But, but neither of us know it. No, we didn't know it. No. But it's it's great. He definitely has a way of writing these words in such a rhythmic way, mm-hmm. writing these like rhyming patterns, right. that the composers who added the music to him really went with this kind of swinging, fun, yeah. gospel yeah. sound. And, you know, they didn't all have the same music writers. No, he so collaborated. So collaborated with many yep. different people, mm-hmm. and they all, on their own, still had this kind of light right. and fun music. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the composer for Count Your Blessings. Okay. He has a great name. He has a great name. Edwin Othello Excel is his right. full name. Excel is his last name, E X C E L L. I mean, if your last name is Excel, I feel like you are just destined to do great things. Yes. <laughs> now Excel was a prominent composer. Mm-hmm. He was probably a little bit more famous than than Oatman mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. He lived from 1851 to 1921 and like Oatman, started in a career that was not music. He was originally a bricklayer and a plasterer. Okay. And then he went on, he wanted to do music so badly, and so he went on to study music and learn about music. And I think one of the real cool things is that he moved to Chicago to study under George Root. And Uh George Root is this famous composer and musician, and we talked about him earlier because George Root, this is a fun fact... It's a fun fact, although they know it already. If you've I know. We George have. Root was the first American to write a secular cantata. Right, and we talked about th- that cantata. We term, talked about cantata. this. And who is the person who writes the words for him?
1: Fanny, Fanny Crosby. Crosby.
0: So now George Root is working with Edwin o- Othello Excel. <laughs> or in hymnals, you'll see it. It's just the letters E. Oxl. I wonder if they called him Eo. Eo as a as a nickname. Eo. E-O. Now, just as Oatman was very prolific in writing hymns, mm-hmm. uh, Excel did a ton. He actually, you guys, arranged the music that we know today to John Newton's Amazing Grace right in 1909. Right. So, so it, sort of this the tune already existed, yeah. but he arranged it, the harmonic structure that we mm. know mm-hmm. is by him. Right. And so when we talk about his most famous contribution right. to church music, it's probably not Count Your Blessings. It's probably Amazing Grace. Oh, what about I'll Be a Sunbeam? I'll Be a Sunbeam. <laughs> he did that too. So at some point, we're going to do Amazing Grace as a, know, as a, as a hymn yeah. talk yeah. episode. Yeah. So we'll talk about Excel a little bit. Bit more then, but one of the things that he did was he worked in a publishing house. He started it in 1881, and it bore his name. So a lot of hymn books al- actually right. say published by E. O. Excel. Right. And one of the hymnals after he died was published, and it was called the Excel Hymnal. Yes. That was Can in you 19- imagine? 1925. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, there's tons of hymnals that he wrote. There was a book called Excel's Anthems, Volumes 1 through (laughs) 6. Excel's School Songs, Volumes 1 through 4. He published Triumphant Songs, Volumes 1 through 5. And in 1900, he published a hymnal called Make His Praise Glorious, and it contained the amazing grace that we know of today. Yep. So he served on the board of the International Sunday School Association for 36 years. And when he died, this was said of him. Mr. XL will be remembered as the great song leader. Mm. Probably no man who ever lived, and certainly in this country, was more capable than he in directing great audiences and singing. He was large of body and happy in disposition. <laughs> he was never known to lose his temper or his smile in his endeavor to make the people sing. We should find a picture of him, because a bunch of references that I have for him said that he was large. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Like, how large? I want to know. Oh, no, He was a large man, and he loved to sing. So he did a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of writing. He did a lot of publishing. He just sounds like kind of an amazing man. I know. And so one of the people that he traveled with was a, a, an evangelist out of Wales, and his name oh. was Gypsy Smith. OK. Did his parents name him Gypsy? OK. His name was Rodney Smith. <laughs> But he was born, he was of gypsy parentage. Okay. Okay. And so he was living in England with a group of gypsies. His parents were gypsies. Okay. And, you know, we don't know a lot about the gypsy people because they traveled a lot and they didn't take down roots anywhere. Um, But most of the writings that I could find was that, you know, they were they were not Christians, you know, they talked really poorly about them and I'm sure we would never want anyone to say these things. But at the end of the day, they were not Christians. And this Rodney Smith had a dramatic conversion at the age of sixteen. And he it was very important to him that he minister to the gypsy communities. So he was always singing, um even before he was singing before he was a Christian, they called him the singing gypsy boy. Yeah. So after he leaves, sort of his gypsy yep. lifestyle and mm-hmm. becomes this evangelist, they yes. give him the nickname Gypsy. Gypsy. Yeah. <laughs> and really, he preached all over the world. Mm. He went to England and the United States and Australia, and he even found he formed what was called the Gypsy Gospel Wagon Mission, mm. and he became an evangelist under what was called the Christian Mission of Longdon, which, hello, fun fact, it eventually became. The Salvation Army. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was a friend of Fanny Crosby. Uh I mean, the the connections are just crazy. And the reason why I want to bring him up is because uh, Excel was his song leader. He was the one leading the singing at all of his Uh revival meetings and all of his tent meetings. And he, in particular, loved the the song, um, Count Your Blessings. He did. And he has a famous quote. When he would introduce it at his revival meetings, right, right. he would say, we're going to sing Count Your Blessings. It's this great song. He would say, the men sing it, the boys whistle it, and the women rock their babies to sleep with this hymn. Right. So it was this this tune of Count Your Blessings just was everyone could sing it. They could whistle it. They could hum it. Right. The babies fell asleep to it. It's a really great tune it's singable Mm -hmm. and it's accessible to everybody yeah and that's what every hymn writer wants i mean really they want people who write hymns want people to sing it so they want to make it accessible right and that's what excel did who's gonna write a song that's too high too slow too fast for But we do see them we do see them and that's i think when the emphasis is on professional trained singers Mm -hmm. you know leading the music these people wanted the masses of people to sing, and, and Excel accomplished that. Yeah. All right, I have another Thanksgiving trivia for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, all right, a little bit of, a little bit of Thanksgiving trivia. It's going to be multiple choice, okay? Okay. So what was the first department store to have a Thanksgiving Day parade? Was it A, Macy's? Was it B, J.C. JCPenney? Was it C, Gimbel's? Or was it D, Mark's? I mean, I feel like it must be a trick question because everybody would say Macy's, right? But wouldn't everyone be, say Macy's? It can't be Macy's if you're if you're telling me. So I'm going to say, Gimbels. You are right. That was a wild How did you guess? even know that? So that was the first parade. It was in Philadelphia in 1920. And do you know that that parade still exists today? It's just called Six ABC Dunkin' Donuts Thanksgiving Day Parade. Stop it. That's what it's called. All right. So now we know that his yeah. words are, are awesome, that people have loved his words. We know that Excel, they loved their music. Right. So now we just want to look at these words a little bit closer yeah. because they are, they are really, really awesome. And they are pointing us to be thankful. And and really, they point us directly to the Bible. What does the Bible <laughs> say? There were so many scriptural references when I really dug into this hymn. Like we we can't even get into them. I know, all, but I they're know. all so good. Every verse in Count Your Blessings starts with sort of a challenge. Okay, and then ends with the fact that we are going. If we do indeed count our blessings, then we will be surprised. We will be singing. We will be rewarded. And we will be comforted. Do you see that? So, in the beginning of the verse, it's like challenging you. Okay, so when you're, you know, when this is happening to you, but then, hey, if you count your blessings, you'll get this instead. So, let's look at verse one just for a second. When upon life's billows you are tempest tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise Surprise. you what the Lord hath done. Okay, so when I, Carrie, was actually looking up, you know, counting your blessings, seeing what God has done, uh-huh. I found a study in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. Okay, and a test group was asked to write down five things that they were thankful for every day for okay. a week. All right, every day, five things. That's I mean, too that's hard, not hard, right? right? But when this control group did it, they reported a more positive emotional outlook, oh. and they p- reported that they slept better. Okay. So even scientifically, if you're looking at things that you're right. thankful for, you you are in a better mood. Mm. Like, there's, there's proof of it. I mean, in verse 2, he's talking about being burdened and does the cross that you're carrying seem too heavy? And that's so funny because we talked about carrying the cross yeah. back in... The first week with uh, our first McKinney. Week? Yep. Yeah. I mean, Matthew 16 what does the 24 Bible yeah. say? says, All of us have a cross to bear. All of us. Anyone who follows after Jesus, deny yourself and take up your cross. Mm-hmm. I love that in the end of that verse, it says, When you are counting your blessings, mm-hmm. you will be singing as the mm-hmm. days go by. Yeah. And I mean, just as the people who wrote down what they were thankful for for a week. Singing and music does make people feel better. It does bring you some joy and comfort. Mm -hmm. So even if you are feeling bad, and I just saw Psalm 77. This was um, written by Asaph. It's not one of King David's Psalms. Okay. But he says, in the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. Mm -hmm. But then in verse 6 he says, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. So even in the midst of his, you know, feeling so bad at night, he would sing. He would remember his song. Right. All right. So quickly looking at verse 3. This verse I think is all about like being jealous and being yeah. envious when you look at others mm-hmm. with their land and gold. But Oatman is reminding you you know, don't look at everyone else, look at what God has given you. Right. And these are things that money can't buy. So, like, what does God give us that we can be thankful for that money can't buy? Right. I mean, just nature, a beautiful world to live in. His grace and his love, mm-hmm. his forgiveness, mm-hmm. his faithfulness. How about the promises of a future? Mm-hmm. We do have the promise. Does I mean, of course, say? we have the passage from Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures yeah. on earth uh, where moths and vermin destroy. Store, store up for yourselves treasures and heaven. Yeah. Thieves cannot break in and steal these things. Mm. Our treasures in heaven. I mean, I think that's what this song is pointing us yeah. to. Yeah. And then finally, in verse 4, so what? Ever conflict you're in the mm-hmm, middle of, mm-hmm. do not be discouraged. Mm-hmm. You, angels will help you and attend you and comfort you. And, you know, all I could think of in this. There's so many verses. So many verses. But Jacob in the Old Testament in Genesis 28, mm-hmm. when he's alone God, and he has just the rock to sleep on, that's all. There's no, right. nothing soft. He's like laying his head on a rock. God visited him. The angels of God visited him. Mm -hmm. We see this, and they say, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie I will give to you and your offspring. God promises, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, Mm -hmm. and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. We can take hold of that promise. That God will never leave us. He will be with us, just like it says in the hymn, Mm -hmm. to our journey's end. I mean, if we're talking about being thankful, and if we're talking about thanking God through all circumstances, that's what this hymn is telling us to do. Right. That's what this... it's reminding us that He is King over all. This brings me to Psalm 103. What does
1: the Bible say the Lord
0: has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all? Mm-hmm. Psalm 103, verse 19. We know that He is in charge, and He is in control of everything. Yep. That gives us strength and hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as you're starting your Thanksgiving hot preparation, mm. whether it's shopping or decorating or cleaning, you know, just take some time with by yourself and with your families to remind yourself what you are truly thankful mm-hmm. for. Thankful for that money cannot buy. Right. Because we have so many blessings in Christ Jesus. We do. Oatman's words are so Beautiful and profound and inspiring, especially for this time of year. Even though we know we can sing this song anytime, yes, Kelly, we know. And then Excel's music just gives us a great melody to sing with. We always (laughs) love. We always. love like when the tenor or the alto part like just does something fun and different right so we talked about this with standing on the promises that it's a more these harmony parts just give us a little bit more rhythm a little bit more movement and to really show this rhythm and movement we have this guy singing the song for us today kelly and i aren't singing we will share our singing later on on facebook and on twitter but right now we have this guy dan who sings hymns. And he does it all himself. He does all the harmony parts. I mean, Othello wrote some great music. Like we said, lots of harmonies, lots of rhythms, and lots of moving parts. So we have Dan singing Count Your Blessings.
1: When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, When you are discouraged thinking all is lost, Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. So count your blessings, blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, blessings, name them one by by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. The cross seem heavy. You are called to bear. Count your many blessings. Every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. So count your blessings, them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings, money cannot buy. Your reward in heaven, or your home on earth. So, amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all, count your many blessings, angels will attend, help and comfort give you to your journey's end, count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God has done, count your blessings, name them one by one.
0: So that was Dan Hefner. You can find him on YouTube as Dan Sings Hymns. And all he wants to do is bring glory to God with his music. And that was such a blessing to hear his very unique performance of Count Your Blessings. Great song. I love it. All right. We're going to do one more quick Thanksgiving fact. Okay. One more. Yeah. And I and I think most people here in the United States have th- turkey on Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, if you don't, tell us what you have if you yeah. don't have Thanksgiving. I mean, our mom almost always makes something Italian too, right? Right. but and it's and like then pasta. If you're, if you're vegetarian, I don't know. Yeah. Is it tofu turkey? Tofurkey, <laughs> Um, So I have a question for you. Okay. What are male turkeys called? Oh. I have no idea. I would say just turkeys. No, they're called Toms. Oh, I guess no. I knew that. And do you know what female turkeys are called? I mean, I have no idea. What's the opposite of Tom? Mott? <laughs> Francine's? <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess I would say, I don't know, hens? Yes! Oh, good. <laughs> female turkeys are called hens. And are you ready? Yeah. What are baby turkeys Aww. called? I've seen them. Have you seen the babies crossing the street with their yes, moms? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um... Turkey? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so close! <laughs> really? A baby?
1: Yeah, yeah. Too bad
0: though. Yeah. A baby turkey, you guys, is called a turkey ling. Aww, not a turkey wing. <laughs> turkey ling. Turkey ling. Turkey ling. All right. All right, so there we have our turkeys, and you know we're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about Thanksgiving in yes. next week's podcast. Tune in next yeah. week. What will be our? Th- uh, we're doing like a more traditional, yes. you know, really established Thanksgiving yeah. hymn, right? But for right now, before we sign off, we want to read with you one last scripture verse <laughs> that is telling us to be thankful. Aww. It's First Thessalonians five eighteen. Mm-hmm. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh. And that really is one of the points of this hymn, right? And we really, we're really we thankful that we have listeners. Mm-hmm. We're thankful that we can share this passion with all of you. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for singing along. And a special thank you to Dan Hefner. That was awesome hearing him sing, count your blessings, all those parts with just one voice. Have a great week. We will see you next week on Hymn Talk, Twin hymn Talk. Bye.